Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent uh, is a Latin word originally, and it means coming or arrival. It is also the first Sunday of the church calendar year. So we, we begin the new year by waiting for the coming of Christ. But it's not just ordinary waiting. It is waiting with great expectation. Jesus uses this example in today's passage. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. He then goes on to say, Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. Be alert. Be awake with expectation. That's what I want to meditate on today. I want to meditate on expectation. Expectation is the feeling that good things are about to come. My daughter, Abby, she gets so excited for December because that's the time she gets to start her Advent calendar. You know, those ones with chocolates. And every day, uh, after breakfast, the first thing she wants to do is like, open up uh, the, the chocolate for the day. And then, you know, in December, there's also Christmas coming. So she gets so excited about Santa, what gifts that she's going to give. I mean, it's exciting. Expectation brings excitement. It gives you something to look forward to. And it gives you motivation and energy. I've officiated a, a number of weddings. Some, some of you in here, I see you. <laughs> uh, and it's been a great privilege and honor. And you know, during the ceremony, you can really tell when a, a couple is in love. And you know, uh, people cry when uh, the company we recite a really heartfelt, a sincere vow. You know, there's great expectation of a happy life uh, that's to come together. And everyone there shares in the joy of that expectation. Uh, living with expectation is such a wonderful gift to human beings. But many times our expectations, they go unfulfilled. They get chipped away. Somehow, maybe the marriage is not as smooth or as happy as I expected it to be. The job that I have is not as fulfilling as I had expected it to be. Even after all that I've achieved, I'm not as satisfied as I expected to be. And somehow, my life has not gone the way I expected. Underneath expectations is hope. There's a belief that something desired will come to be. And so when things don't turn out the way we hope, it affects our expectations. Right? I mean, at first, there, there's a lot of effort we put in to uh, keep our expectations up. 
You try, you put in great effort. You wait patiently. But somehow, if things don't change, you get frustrated. Disappointment starts creeping in. Your heart gets tired of waiting. I wonder if that's that maybe happened in that master's house. I'm sure at first they were attentive and you know, always preparing. The door person was keeping watch very attentively. What if the master doesn't come for weeks and then months and then even years? Maybe they grow tired of waiting. When this happens, you lose belief that what you hope for will happen. And instead of giving you energy, that expectation becomes tiring. Because it becomes a reminder of the disappointment you feel in your heart. When your heart is tired, expectation turns into Resignation. Resignation is basically having no expectations. Resignation is when you see your undesired situation as inevitable. I can't, I don't want to be in this situation, but I can't do anything about it. I can't change. So you give up on that expectation. Resignation then becomes indifference not feeling anything about the situation you're in. So you don't care anymore. So indifference is the end result of unmet expectations. Expectation to resignation to indifference. A life of indifference is a life of no expectations. It's a dull life. And it's a tiring life because Nothing motivates you, but everything just drains you. So all you can pursue are temporary pleasures to escape the indifferent life and the dull life that you're living. But beyond that, there's no joy, there's no motivation, there's no sense of purpose or direction. I think the real problem with indifference is that you fail to notice or see possibilities for change. Jesus says this today. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Change of possibility is always around the corner. But if you're indifferent, it prevents you from seeing these new things that are about to happen. And so instead of being ready for these new things, you remain asleep in your indifference. Sleepwalking through life. I've seen this happen many times. I look at some kids, and you, you, you can see that expectation in their eyes, right? Uh, the brightness. When 
you meet them much later, that sparkle is gone. They don't live with expectation. They just get by from one day to the next. Do you believe that indifference is our natural way of living? I don't believe so. That is not how God created us. God created us to live with great expectations. He gave us expectations so we can have this sense of joy and purpose. Life is more than just getting by and enjoying you know, pleasures of life that you can enjoy on the weekend, for example. Right? Life is about living with the excitement and flavor that expectation brings. Don't you think so? The difficulty, though, with overcoming indifference is that it forces you to come face to face with your despair. With the loss of hope that you felt after your efforts failed. The disappointment you felt. And the fear of failure and even more disappointment. So a lot of times it's easier to remain in your indifference. At least that way I won't feel any more disappointment or failure. But here's the thing, my friends. Indifference, I don't think it's really the absence of feeling. It's not the absence of feeling. Indifference is a mask. It's a mask that covers up our hidden hope. It covers up hope that has become afraid. Hope that has been hurt. Hope that has been buried. Hope that is asleep. Indifference is the result of disappointing hope. Albert Einstein uh, said this. I don't know if he actually said it, but it's attributed to him. Right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. No, I agree with that. Right? You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect something different to happen. But what if you have tried different things and you're still getting the same result? what makes you lower your expectations and indifference comes because no matter what I've tried I've tried this and that and this and that but I'm still getting the same results ah what's the point point? and I agree sometimes a, a situation is not in your control I mean, what can you do that's life many things are not in our control so certainly there will be seasons where we struggle with diminished expectations. We will struggle with resignation and indifference. My friends, we cannot remain indifferent forever. You can't live like that all the way till you die. Life is too short to let it just pass us by in indifference. We need to take off our masks of indifference and reconnect with the hope inside of us. 
no matter how fragile or broken it might be. What are we to do? One day, a Gentile woman came to Jesus. She had a daughter who was tormented by demons. So she came asking Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus, he had a very strange, very, very rude reply. This is what he said. Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Uh, Jesus is basically saying, I came to serve Jews. You know, I, I, I can't right now, like, a, a, a focus on the Gentiles. I mean, I don't know, most of us would probably be like, oh, all right, no, that's too bad. I mean, but, you know, this woman, she had a sick daughter. She could have easily given up, given into despair, right? Just get deeper into hopelessness and darkness. This is an amazing woman. She would not be deterred. This is what she says. In response, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Okay, Jesus, I don't, if you want to be rude to me, that's fine, but just give me even a crumb. Give me anything. Because I need something. I cannot go away with nothing. My daughter is sick. I will do whatever it takes for my daughter to get better. Please. Give me something. I mean, that is faith. That's what Jesus called it. Her faith has made her well. My friends, faith is not a reasonable, logical belief in God, right? That, yeah, this is what I think about God. Faith is a desperate cry about the situation that kills our expectations. It is a cry against indifference. It is a cry against despair in my heart. It is a cry that you've tried everything, but you are at the end of your rope. That's what faith is. My friends, if you can figure out everything on your own, you don't need faith. Faith is not for the self-sufficient and those who have it all put together. Faith is for those who know that there are limits on what we can do on our own. Faith is for those who know they need a higher power to get through. Faith is a cry out to God to come and make things right. The image of uh, the Son of Man coming down from the clouds is an apocalyptic image. Apocalyptic faith arose when uh, the situation of Jews became unbearable. Their situation was temple was desecrated by foreign rulers. They were massacred. Babies were killed. Women were raped. They were utterly powerless to do anything about it. Instead of giving in to despair 
and hopelessness. Something else happened. From this dark, hopeless situation, they began to have visions of God breaking in from the heavens to make things right here on earth. That's the meaning of apocalypse in Greek. It's I'm removing the lid. Revelation. From their hopeless situation, they had a revelation. These images. God would come down from the heavens so that things can be right again. Apocalyptic faith is not a rational faith. It is a desperate faith that comes from your gut, from the core of your existence. It is a declaration of belief in God, but it is even more a desperate plea for God to come and do something. People of faith, we face despair and disappointment just like everyone else. But people of faith do not just sit back and give up. They fight. They cry out to God. God, come and save me. That's what Advent is all about. Advent starts off the new church year. As you can see, the year begins when our days are dark, they're short. The air gets colder around us. It looks gloomy sometimes. In this darkness comes a desperate cry for God to come. <coughs> And that cry awakens our hearts to wait in expectation. When the Jews were in exile in Babylon, the prophet Isaiah said this, speaking about God, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is about to do a new thing in your life. Can you perceive it? Awaken the expectation in your heart and wait 